right now to Brother Metzler and come and let him minister the gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. How many are happy? You love the Lord with all your heart. Well, I don't know what the Lord's going to do tonight, but I do know he's going to be here. In fact, he's already here. He's going to move and he's going to minister. And I'm expecting great things to happen. Amen. Amen. I believe the Lord might even have mercy on Brother French back there tonight. Hallelujah. He's been crying for it all week. He ought to get it. Glory. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. But I'm sincere in my heart when I say this. I feel the Spirit of the Lord here, and God has has really blessed me in this conference. It's been tremendous. And each time when I begin to prepare myself to minister, it's always a little bit different. And tonight was no exception. I don't know that all God's going to do. I wish I did. You know, it just, just really frustrates me when the Lord deals with me like that. I'm one of these fellows that like to know exactly what I'm going to do and how I'm going to do it and when to do it and where to say it and everything else. I've got it all planned out, then I'm happy. But if the Lord gives me a certain thing and says, now you just use that, then that's all I can do. Praise the name of Jesus. I want you to turn your Bibles tonight the third chapter of Proverbs. We're going to read the fifth verse through the tenth. And the twenty-seventh and twenty-eighth verse. Praise the name of Jesus. Proverbs 3. 5 through 10, and 27 and 28. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil, and it shall be health to thy navel and morrow to thy bones. Honor the Lord with, the subst- with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses burst out with new wine. Verse 27, Withhold not good from them to whom it is due when it is in thy power to uh, win thy power of, of thine hand to do it. Say not unto thy neighbor, Go and come again and tomorrow I will give when thou hast it by thee, let's pray and ask God to bless his word tonight. Father, in Jesus' name, we give you praise. We thank you, Lord, for the power of your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Jesus, for the anointing of God that we feel. We pray that you'll speak to the hearts and the lives of these people tonight. Lord, may we enter into a place of praise and thanksgiving and trust. In the name of Jesus, 
And God, may you do that work in the hearts and the lives of each one of us. We're going to give you the praise. In the mighty name of Jesus, we ask it. Amen. Lord willing, I'm not going to preach to you very long tonight. Hallelujah. I'm almost dubious to say that, because every time I do, something happens. Hallelujah. But that's within my thinking anyway. That's what I'm planning on. But I want to talk to you tonight about two of the most difficult things there are in the world for us to be able to accomplish as Christians. One of them is having complete confidence in the Lord in putting our lives and all that we possess into the hand of the keeping of God and not leaning to the flesh, but to just trust in God in spite of what we may feel or think that we ought to do. And the other one is the very ending of the Scripture where it says, Honor the Lord with thy firstfruits of thine increase and with all thy substance. And thy barn shall be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. In other words, what he's saying you're supposed to give. Hallelujah. I think that these are probably the two most difficult things. And I'm sure that the most difficult thing is the thing that you have to be facing right now. But the most difficult thing that I've found in my own heart in my life is learning to trust in God and to give of my substance or of my money. Now, I know in your own thinking, you probably say, Oh, Brother Mister, I give and I trust God and I believe the Lord and all of this. And you've got a lot of good things that God has done for you. And you can share blessings that have happened in your own life. And I believe all that. But still, you have to come down and be honest with yourself. It's a very difficult thing for us to do because we're natural human individuals. And we have a tendency to lean upon the arm of the flesh and what these senses tell us rather than what God's Word declares and what the Spirit is leading to do. Hallelujah. It's like a lady stood up in the meeting one night to testify and said, Oh, Brother Messer, I just know God's going to do something because i got all the faith in the world. I just have all the faith. I said, Sister, hold on right there. You can't have it all because I have some of it. Amen. And you know, it's so easy sometimes to, to say that we have something with God and to overestimate our own faith and our own trust in Jesus. When it comes to the operation of the power of God and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, God said, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not unto thine own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge Him. Now, the way that God's going to lead you is going to be totally different than what you expect it to be or anything that would be according to your flesh. When it comes to the gift of the Spirit, brother, you've got to learn to trust in the Lord. Really trust. Takes faith. To give a message in tongues. You have to trust God to do it. But it takes more faith to give the interpretation of that message. Come on. It takes more trust. It takes trust in God to give 
the interpretation, but it takes more trust and faith to give a prophecy. It takes more faith to give a word of knowledge. You're getting quiet now, but it's the truth. I remember holding a revival for Brother Mitchell up in Idaho when he was pastoring in Emmett, Idaho. And there was a lady there in the church, and God began to speak to me about this woman to deal with her and to pray with her. And the Lord showed me that she had arthritis in her body. And not only was there arthritis, but I went to pray for her. God spoke to me and said, there's a cancer in this woman's system. And I said, sister, you have arthritis? She said, yes, I do. And I said, also, in this lower part of your body, there's a cancer. And man, that just scared her half to death. She said, oh, no, no cancer. She said, I have arthritis, but she said, I don't have a cancer. I said, well, sister, I'm only telling you what God showed me. She says, well, there's no cancer there. I said, do you ever have any pain? No, never. Yes, she said, I have pain, but it's not a cancer. I said, how do you know what it is? She says, I don't know. But she said, I know it's not a cancer. Brother, when people start talking like that, when God's giving you revelation, you've got to trust in the Lord. Come on. I felt my knees getting shaky and nervous. I said, Lord, why do you tell me something like this when the woman doesn't know about it and that it makes me look like a fool? God said, just trust me and do what I tell you to do. Be obedient to me. Speak the words that I lay upon your heart and you'll see my power come to pass. Hallelujah. I said, sister, I don't want to offend you and I'm not saying this to frighten you because I believe that God's going to heal you. If God hadn't have taken the time to tell me about it, then maybe you'd have something to be frightened about. But the very fact that God knows that it's there and God has shown it to me, God's going to relieve it. Hallelujah. We prayed for her and a few nights later she came back. Begin to give a description of a cancer that she had passed. Amen. Hallelujah. And it was the Spirit of the living God. I'll tell you, it's times like that you've got to learn to trust on the Lord. And to follow in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, by the flesh. You know, it's so easy to be led by the flesh. You can look at somebody who looks real sick and think, praise God. Now, there's one, Lord. I know I could minister to that one. <laughs> Come on. I could find a lot of things wrong with her without even a revelation. I was... Right in the beginning of my ministry, and a man came in the church, and I'll never forget this as long as it lived. As I live, it made such a tremendous impression upon my mind, because God uses situations like this sometimes to kind of break you in. And you know, a lot of times, all depending on how you react to the situation depends on what God's going to do in your life in the future. See, if the devil can defeat you in that particular ground, he's got you. You you back off and begin to lean to the arm of the flesh instead of the Spirit of God. And instead of doing what you know God has told you to do, you're defeated. And whenever the opportunity arises again, fear will grip your heart. You'll never be able to minister in that fashion. This man came out and he sat there and God spoke to me and he said, That man back there, I want you to pray for him. He said, He has a bad back. And I looked at the fellow and... From my viewpoint, it looked like there was everything, anything else could be wrong with him, but not his back. Huge, giant of a man. It didn't look like anything was wrong with that fellow. God said, his back is bad. Now, he said, you pray for him. I'll heal his back and I'll save his soul. 
Praise God. If the Lord hadn't said he'd save his soul, I probably wouldn't have done it. But I went down there and I called him out and I said, sir, I said, I want to pray for you. The man looked big from when I was where I was standing. But when I went down and called him out and he stood up, I didn't think he'd ever stop unraveling. <laughs> Amen. Huge. Stood there looking up. That's where they made platforms. Hallelujah. Amen. And I looked at that man and I said, sir, I said, God spoke to me about you. That was only the second individual that God had ever dealt with me about. And I said, the Lord showed me that you have a back problem, that you have trouble in your back. And he stood there looking at me and he got a smirk on his lip. And I, you know, the anything that aggravates me, I love to see people smile and the things of the Lord. But when somebody has got some clever way of expressing themselves, a smart aleck in other words, especially when they're bigger than you are. <laughs> Amen. And he got this smirk on his lip and he kind of looked down at me and then he began to laugh a little bit. And then he just reared back and, and laughed. Right out in front of that whole congregation, just laughing at me. Sound like the jolly green giant up there. Ho, ho, ho. He said, somebody had to tell you that besides God. Because he said, there isn't anything wrong with my back. Whew. Something wrong with mine after that. <laughs> Amen. I, I felt like just forgetting the whole thing. Really, I've never felt so defeated in all my my heart and life. And I looked down, I just kind of put my hand over my forehead. And I looked down to the floor and I said, God, what in the world have you gotten me into? Amen. I believe this was you. And you know that I stepped out by faith and I trusted in you. And I did what you wanted me to do. And if it wasn't you, you should have stopped me because my heart was right. Since then, I found out he always does. So I don't worry about it. Amen. It's just that place of trust. Hallelujah. And while I was praying that way, God began to move upon me and I felt the power of God, the anointing of Jesus Christ. God opened my eyes, uh, let me see the whole situation. I saw that man in the Spirit picking up a heavy object. I saw him cry out in pain. He dropped it. Grabbed his back. Two men came and carried him to a station wagon. Put him in the station wagon and carried him to the hospital. And there they put him in traction and he was in the bed with all kinds of weights tied to his leg. I saw all of this right before my eyes. When I saw that, praise God, that scared me more than he did. In fact, he seemed like a little man after that. Praise the Lord. Amen. When you come into the contact with the reality of God and the Spirit of Jesus Christ, the fear of the flesh doesn't bother you that way anymore. The Bible says, why should I be afraid of man? What can he do unto me? Don't be afraid of those that can destroy the body, but of him that can destroy both body and soul. Hallelujah. I begin to tell that man step by step what God had shown me. When I begin to speak to him... His mouth dropped open. His eyes got big. He looked at me there and he said, why, it's true. He said, I did for a fact. I said, well, why'd you stand there and lie to me and God for that? He says, I don't know. I said, do you believe this is God? He said, yes, it has to be God. I said, you want to get saved? How do I do it? 
Praise God. He threw his hands in the air and began to pray, and the power of God hit him, and he hit the floor. God healed his back, saved his soul, transformed the man's life. Hallelujah. Not because of John Metzler or any particular ability, but because of a simple little process of trusting in the Lord. Hallelujah. And brother, when you go to trust God and you begin to step out by faith in the things of the Lord, it's going to cause some very difficult situations in your life. And if God speaks to you to do something, you better be obedient to what God says and He will never let you down. Do you believe that? Glory. I've seen the Lord minister so many ways. This, this thing of trusting seems to be the hardest thing that people have to comprehend. I had a lady came to me one time. She says, Brother Messer, she says, I just don't understand. I've gone through so many things. And she said, if you just explain it to me, if you'll just show me why, if you could just give me a reason as to why I've suffered this and why I've had to go through it, it doesn't make sense. I said, Sister, don't try to make sense out of it. Just trust. Have confidence in. Believe God. Put your life in His hands and say, Lord, here am I. I know that you're with me. I know that you're in control of me. I'm yielding myself to you and you're going to guide my steps. And I don't know where I'm going, but I know when I come out, I'm going to come out in the place that you want me to be. Because if you trust in the Lord, God will direct you and God will lead you in all of your ways. Do you believe that? Just simple confidence, trusting in Him. Even though it's something that may seem absolutely impossible and something that is totally contrary to the human will, I've found that when God shows me something and there's something so great and so tremendous that I can't even begin to comprehend it, then I know it's God. If it's something that comes within my own mind... And I think, yeah, that's ought to work. That, that should work pretty good. I find out it's usually John Messer and it's a dud. Come on. It's only when it's something so totally impossible. Hallelujah. God is a God of impossible situations. When He led the Israelites out and all of the references in the Bible, this boiled down to complete trust. When He took them across, who ever heard of somebody walking up to a Red Sea, touching the water with their rod and it parting side by side, and they walk across on dry land? That's unheard of. Can God provide a wilderness or a table in the wilderness? Can God supply water after we've been in Egypt with everything we want? We may have to work hard, but at least we have it. Can God bring all of these things? And this was the question of their mind and the very reason why many of them wandered in the wilderness and never received the fullness of God was because of that very fact they could not put their confidence in Jesus and trust in the fullness of God. They just couldn't do it. Fear would grip their heart. There's giants over there. It's an impossible situation. How can we overcome something like that? Just a few people from Israel here, and we're not war, people of war, and those great big giants, why we look like grasshoppers in their sight, they'll wipe us out the minute we cross the line. But it's not what God or what they felt, but it's what God said. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. You just can't overtrust God. Do you believe that? 
He'll lead you in places and ways that you have never dreamed of. And usually when you do begin to trust Him, He'll get you into trouble. You think He, anyway. Things always seem to happen that way. But one thing I found, that in obedience to God, He always seems to bring you out. Hallelujah. Remember the first house that I bought many years ago. And I needed a home very bad at that time. And I prayed and asked the Lord for it. And God said, all right, go buy it. I got one for you. Well, first He told me He had a house. He didn't tell me to buy it. He just said, I have a house for you. So I had a lot of trust in God. Hallelujah. said, the Lord said, I can have a house. And I know that God meant what He said. So I picked up the newspaper and started looking for all the rentals in there. I was living in an apartment. God was going to find a house for me. Amen. I didn't even dream that God could provide me one to, to own. Now you're getting quiet again. It's the truth. And I looked and I looked and I looked and I couldn't find anything. I went out for two or three days. Finally, I came back. I was upset. I was disturbed. I threw the paper on the table. I said, it's no use. God said He has a house for me, but I can't find it. Amen. I looked until I was just tired. And when I threw the paper down on the table, it was like, I'll never forget this, there was a section in the paper and had an outline, a black outline around it. And it just looked like the whole ad, that little square ad, had, had, like had raised letters. And I looked at that and I thought, my Lord, I never saw the paper do that before. And I, I felt that. <laughs> Amen. Reached out to rub it to see what it felt like. And it wasn't raised. It was just an ad. And I said, Lord, that's got to be Jesus. So I took the number of the ad and I called it. It was a real estate office. The lady answered the phone. and She said, may I help you? And I said, well, I hope so. I said, I need a house. She said, well, how much do you want to spend? And I said, don't ask me that, because I really don't know how much I want to spend. The truth was, I didn't have anything to spend at all. I was just going on the promise of the Lord. Hallelujah. Learn to trust God. And sometimes, you know, it doesn't really take any trust if you've got several thousand dollars in the bank. And all you have to do is just write it out and go down and do what you want to do and say, oh, well, God's going to take care of me. What? How do you have to trust God with that? See, the trust comes in when it's an impossible situation. There's no other way that it could possibly work out. Then you have to lean on God. And sometimes God has to keep you in those places to keep you trusting Him. Amen. Amen. We wonder why we're always there. But it's to keep our confidence in God. So that you have no other way to turn. First church I pastored, I was really set to go. Hallelujah. I had left California, been out of Bible school for a year. I'd saved up a little money and got all my goods together. What I didn't have, I sold, put it all together in a pot, had $1,300 in my account, and was on my way to Colorado to set it on fire for Jesus. Hallelujah. On the way back, I stopped through Wickenburg, Arizona, to visit my old friend, Wayman Mitchell. And we had a little fellowship there. Then I left, went on down to Colorado. And I started in that church. I was really going to tear them up. Amen. And the first Sunday before I got there, they had had 125 people in the church. Because they'd had some ridiculous contest. With an old car sitting out in front of the church. It had an oil leak and killed all the grass. (laughs) 
said everybody that brings the most people uh, to Crusaders is going to win the car. And the most, the, the young man that brought the most had brought five. And they said, that's not enough for, for a car. You've got to bring more than that. So they changed the church and all the young people left. And then they said everybody had a big sign out that brings the most people win this car. Well, there were some Catholic folk down there, and they were coming for one reason. That's to win the car. There wasn't anything else going on there. And they brought all the aunts and uncles and nephews and everybody from all around, filled the place for a month and won the car and left. Went back to their counting their beads and lighting candles again. Amen. And the last Sunday that they were there were the Sunday before I was to come. And I got there and I had a, a wonderful congregation of 23 people. Hallelujah. And you know, I spent about six months there. My $1,300 was gone and I was crying out. I said, God, what am I going to do now? I'm broke. God said, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. And I said, that's fine. It's good doctrine when you hear it said, but brother, when you're sitting here with nothing, what do you do? Amen. Hallelujah. I had to go over across the street to get some groceries. I had a list. And I kind of tallied it up in my head and it came to $5.25. And I only had a dollar and a quarter. So now how am I going to get that with a dollar and a quarter? I thought, well, I'll go over and get the dollar and quarter's worth, and then I'll worry about the rest later. Started out the door, and I heard the phone ring, and I ran in and answered the phone. The fellow said, would you come pray for my wife? I thought, oh, Lord, I thought somebody's going to send me some money to eat on this week. It's just another burden. Amen. I said, yes, sir, I'll pray for your wife. So I got in the car and I went down. His wife was an invalid and I came in and prayed with her. And he said, really why I called you? He said, I want you to come pray for my wife and comfort her. But he said, what I really wanted, he said, I just felt led to give you this. And he slipped $5 in my hand. Hallelujah. I got excited. Praise the Lord. Had enough to buy my groceries. Went home and I was real excited about that. Started to go in the house and I just kind of picked up the mailbox and looked in on the way in. And when I picked up the mailbox and peered in, I saw an envelope in there and I pulled it out. And it had my address, but there was no return address on it. So I stuck my finger in and ripped it open. And inside was a little note just said, God bless you in your work. We love you. No signature, no nothing. And a $10 bill. Glory. <laughs> You may not get excited over a $10 bill. Brother, by that, that, that was big to me. Hallelujah. Had $15 now. $16.25, really. And I only had $5 worth of groceries to buy. Started to go in the door. Just as soon as I opened the door to walk in, a fellow came up behind me and said, Are you the preacher? I turned around. I don't know why they always address me that way, but that seems to be the way it is. And I said, yes, sir. He said, here. Slaps up my hand and walked off the porch and down the street without another word. And I looked and he'd given me a $10 bill. Hallelujah. <laughs> By that time, I said, Lord, I trust you. I trust you. Amen. <laughs> Believe in you. But you know, I really didn't. <laughs> Come on. Because the first time another thing came up, I found myself in the same situation. 
saying, Lord, why? That lady, when I called her on the phone about my house, she said, come on up here to the office. I want to talk to you for a minute. She said, I'll show you what we've got. So I went up there. And she says, how much money do you want to put down? I said, well, I don't know. I said, little as possible. Because I didn't want to tell her I didn't have anything at all. And so she started going through the list of houses. She had a book with pictures in them. And she's flipping the book over and showing me different ones and areas, trying to get an idea how much money I wanted to spend, what kind of house I wanted, how big or how little. And I didn't really care. Uh, I just knew God had a house for me. didn't have any money to spend at all. And whatever one I could work out, that was fine. Hallelujah. And so she was just flipping the pages in this one house. As she turned the page, I saw one right there. And that really struck me. I said, that one. Just felt the witness of the Lord. And it looked too good to, to be anything that I could afford. And I said, that one right there. And she told me the price of it. Said, would you like to go see it? I said, yeah, I would. And then she wanted to show me two or three on the way down there. I said, no, 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 let's just go see that one. That's what I want to see. But she insisted. So I went along with her and saw the others. But when we pulled up in front of that one house, I felt it again. Something just jarred me. Hallelujah. Lord said, that's it. And I thought, praise God. Amen. Now, this is a long time ago. We went in and looked at it. I got all excited about it. And I got real thrilled. And she told me how much the down payment was going to be. And I said, oh, that's impossible. I just don't know what I could do. But I said, I know God wants me to have that house. I'm going to buy it. Praise the Lord. So I went home and I began to pray and I prayed and I prayed and I felt the witness of the Holy Spirit. God spoke to me and He began to deal with my heart. And so the next morning, I called that woman. It was Friday morning and, and uh, I told her, I said, I want to buy the house. She said, are you sure? I said, yes, ma'am. So she came over and she began to write out the papers and I was praying God. You know, I was trying to trust in Him. He told me to trust Him. And I didn't have no money. I didn't have no money at all, church. I mean, I didn't have just close to the amount. I had none. Maybe 10 or $20 in a checking account, something like that. But that won't go very far on down payment of a house. She wrote out the contract. She says, now I'll need about uh, uh, $500 as a uh, uh, promise. Or she says, if to give to this person to show them that you really mean business. Just something to show them that, that you're, you're going to make the offer and you're going to make it stand good. I said, well. I said, how about a promissory note? She said, well, yeah, that'll be all right. I said, after all, the banks are closed now. It's Friday afternoon and, and uh, I wouldn't have time to go to the bank. It wouldn't have done me any good if I would have. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I signed the promissory note and I can still feel the pain and the and the nervous tension, and every time I even go back through this thing, I feel it. Because, brother, I was sitting on a hot coal, believe me. It's not easy to do that, and I'm not suggesting you do. Don't go out and do this unless God speaks to you, but God has chosen. He's not going to do anything for it, and he just don't offer things. He says, I made it, now I want to see you do it. He didn't know I was going to be a preacher. Hallelujah.
And so we were driving down the road, and I told him, I said, Dad, just drive by this house. I want you to see it. I think I'm going to buy it. And he looked at it, and he said, yeah, that's a good buy. That's all he said. Took off, and we went down the road. I never said a word to him about it. I just, as far as he knew, I had all the money I needed to buy it. I said, yeah, I've been praying about it. God's dealing with me. I'm going to buy that house. Well, that's good. Glad to hear you're going to buy a house. We went on down the road. He never said another word. Pretty soon he's driving down the freeway. He said, are you really going to buy that house? I said, yeah. He said, well, if you're going to buy it, I'll tell you what. He said, I'll pay the closing costs. Hallelujah. I started getting excited. Because she had already told me what the closing costs would be. She said, it's $500. He said, how much are the, five, uh, the closing costs? I said, $500. He said, well, come over Monday and I'll give you a check for $500. Praise the Lord. I almost drove off the freeway. <laughs> I'd known my dad for a long time at that time, and he's never done anything like that, ever. I said, well, praise God. So I had my promissory note covered. I deposited that in the bank Monday, and that took care of the notes. And then when I deposited it, she came back and said, everything's going just fine. And she said, a fellow had made an offer on the house before you, and the people had turned it down. And he was going to make a counteroffer just a little bit higher. But she said, your offer came in ten minutes before it is, and they accepted it. She said, somebody up there is working for you. I said, praise the Lord. And so she says, now, we're going to get these papers drawn up. And she says, I'll need the down payment on it by the end of the week. Hallelujah. And I really began to sweat then. I thought, Lord, I don't know what to do now. If I lose my dad's $500, he'll kill me. Amen. He was given that for the promissory or for the the clothing cost. He didn't know I didn't have no money to pay it by the thing. So I went on and I was in a revival over in North Hollywood at that time, and God was moving and blessing. And at the end of that revival, I'll tell you, I never saw anything like it. Brother came back and handed me an envelope, and when I opened that thing up, I almost made a new exit right out through the top of his office. Never seen anything like that. God had been good. But nothing like that. I opened it up. There was exactly the amount I needed for that down payment. Glory. I went home with that. So excited I could hardly contain myself. And I put it into the bank. And I put the $500 in the bank. And I put everything that I had in the bank. Other than that, it wasn't much. And you know, I started writing out all those checks for the down payment, for the closing cost, for this and for that. And I didn't have anything left in there again but about 10 or $12. And she says, now we have to check your account and see that you have at least a minimum of $1,000 or something like this in the bank. And I thought, oh, Lord, I've had it. And I went down to the bank the next week to make my deposit. And one of the ladies in there said, hey, Reverend, she says, they were in here checking your account. And I said, they were? She said, yeah. And she says, I know that you wrote all those checks because she says they've come back in this week. But they hadn't gotten in yet. She says, I know just about what yours runs. But she says, I just showed them all that money that you put in the week before. So she said, you come out pretty good. <laughs> Glory to God. 
made the down payment on that house, showed $1,700 in the bank and have nothing in there. And you know the Lord provided that entire thing. Glory to Jesus. Got an FHA loan and she figured out all the papers. She said, now, she says, uh, how do you make your income? I said, well, I'm a preacher. She said, well, I know that. But she said, how much do you make? I said, well, I don't really know. She said, you don't know. And I said, not, not till the end of the year. She says, well, don't you have a certain amount that you get? And I said, no. I said, they'd, would they take an offering for me? <laughs> that sounds good to you and me, but to the finance company, they don't like that very well. She says, an offering. She said, you mean they only pass the hat? <laughs> I said, yeah, I guess that's what way you would look at it. She said, well, I'm sorry, sir, but she says, I, I just don't think that the FHA is pretty sticky on things like this. And she says, I don't think they'll do that. And she says, I, I just doubt very seriously if they'll approve it. You've got to show some kind. So it's the only thing I know. She says, if you file for a, a self-employment or something, maybe we could do it that way. I said, look, I didn't tell you this, but when I signed that promissory note, I didn't have any money at all. She said, you didn't? I said, no, ma'am. I didn't have the money to cover the note. She said, well, why did you, why did you do this? I said, well, God told me that he had that house for me and he's going to provide it. Hallelujah. She said, oh. And I told her how the money had come in, how God had brought each one of these things. And I said, you'll have to admit that's a miracle. She said, yes. That sounds to me like it would be. And I said, you go ahead and fill out that, 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 that credit application. Put out on there my income and that I receive it from the churches and so on and so forth. And I said, let's believe God. If He's done this much, He'll do the rest. She says, all right, I'll do it. But she says, I'm going to put it for 90 days escrow, three months. She says, it'll take every bit of that to get this one through. And so she filled it out, turned it in. I went back to hold a revival in Missouri. She called me back there 26 days later. Said, Mr. Mester, your house is as cleared. Hallelujah. Said, one of the fastest escrows I've ever had. Hallelujah. That may not excite you, but boy, that turned me on. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding, but in all of thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. Praise God. I'll tell you, if you ever watched anybody in the ministry, you'll find that the whole life of the ministry has been a walk of complete supernatural actions, totally contrary to anything that the flesh has to offer. Just staggers me when I sit back and think about it now. Really, just, it's unbelievable. How God can do all of these things time and time again without any, any preparation, without, without any kind of a natural means involved. Just trust Him. The Lord told me in Long Beach when we first went there, He said, I want you to buy that corner two weeks after I'd been there and you don't buy a corner like this one 
It was income property, $175,000 corner, a lot of buildings and everything else. I want you to buy that, and we didn't have no ways near any money to buy that, and I had no idea where we'd get it. And the organization, I'm sure, don't want to loan $175,000 to a young fellow that just came in there, hadn't been there two weeks, or even proved his ministry in that church. You know, a few of our men went out, we marched around that thing in the name of Jesus. I mean, literally walked on it, joined hands and marched all through there, right down Cherry and uh, or Orange and, and South Street, all around there like fools marching over that property. And a man had offered the man that owned the property, had offered him $125,000 cash, and he turned it down. He said, I can't take it. $140,000, as low as I'll go. And a foolish preacher called him with no better sense and offered him $110,000, not cash, didn't even have it. Asked him if he'd take it, and he took it. Praise God. We came before the congregation the first Sunday night, raised $12,000. Toward that property. Bless the Lord. That excites me. And you know, within a month, we had the corner. Hallelujah. Trust in the Lord. Glory to God. These things are things that you can't comprehend. You can't understand them. But God is in the business of doing the impossible. And even when you don't even know where you're going, sometimes you feel like you're in situations that there's no answer for. You just have to reach out and put your hand in Jesus. Praise the Lord. Say, God, I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't know what I'm going through. I don't know where I'm headed, really. I know that I want to win people to Jesus Christ. I want to fulfill the ministry that God's laid upon my heart. I want to do the work that God has for me to do. But other than that, I don't know what I'm doing. But God, I just put my trust in You. And I know that as long as I have confidence in You, and I look to You, You'll never let me down. You know what the Bible says? He shall direct thy path. And He leads you. Glory to God. He said, Honor the Lord with thy substance and the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses burst out with new wine. Hmm. Honor the Lord with thy substance. Now that's not necessarily tithe there. Substance is everything that you possess. And with the first fruits of thine increase, with the tenth and the first part of that which you earn, you honor God with that. We honor it with our giving and our, our separation unto the Lord. This is trust. You know, I found something, church, when it comes to trusting God, whether it be in the Spirit or whether it be in the flesh. There's two whole systems. There's man's system, there's God's system, and there's a big difference between the two. And we have a tendency to want to live according to the system of man. We want to walk by our logic and our thinking. And our logic tells us that the financial system of the world, this is the way we prosper. We earn so much money. We put it in the bank. We draw interest from it. And we let this lay up. And we invest it in certain places. And all of this goes along with the financial system of the world that we're living in today. That's the world system, the devil's system. But there's another system that's totally different. It's God's system. 
And the same as anything else that is done in the Spirit, it is contrary to the natural man. God says, don't lay it up where moths are going to eat it and rust will corrupt. But He said, invest it into the kingdom of God. Now, this principle says that we take our money and we give it. We invest it. We use it. And that it brings back increase. It says, so shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Now, the natural man can't see that. See, as far as the natural man is concerned, he can't understand how, if he gives his money away, how it's going to come back. I went down to a little church in Nebraska holding a revival and they only had 15 or 20 people. Walked into the church and as soon as I walked through the door, I hadn't even started to preach or anything else, walked in the door, God spoke to me and He said, Give that preacher $50. I said, Lord, that's about the sum total of all I've got. God said, Give it to him. I said, if I do, Lord, I'm going to be broke. And I doubt if I'll get any more than that out of this place this week. Fifteen people sitting out there. God said, you give it to him. So I said, all right, Lord, I will. And I, I felt kind of foolish, not only for the fact that I needed the money. The other reason was I thought this guy was going to think I was some kind of a nut. First thing I do is walk in, pull up my wallet, and hand him $50. You think I'm trying to be smart. But I did it. I took out the $50. I put it in his hand. I said, here. God told me to give you that. He looked at it. He says, brother, he says, that's probably, I don't know if we'll even be able to give you that much. I said, I've already thought about that. (laughs) Amen. He said, well, I really appreciate it. We went on to that revival. There's about 15 there. The next night it grew. By Wednesday night, the place was totally filled. Hallelujah. It was packed and they were running out the back doors. We had the doors open with chairs sitting out on the porch. And that meeting went on. Bodies were healed. Souls were saved. Lives were touched. The Spirit of God moved in a tremendous way. Uh, and I want you to know at the end of that week, they gave me almost $400 out of that little old church. And I almost fainted. But I believe that if I had not invested what God told me to invest, it would have never happened. Because that is part of God's financial system. If you want to prosper in the Lord, you have to be obedient to what God's Word says in trusting in Him and going according to the systems that God has laid out. And they're contrary to your thinking. They just don't go along with you. I tell the Lord, I trust you. I believe in God. I know that it's going to work. I know these things are going to come to pass. But every time He speaks to me, I always start doubting again. Because it really strikes home when He gets down in your pocketbook. It's basically a preacher's pocketbook. Come on. Trust in the Lord. He said, withhold not good from to them to who it is due when it is within thy power and thy hand to do it. Now that's part of that system. God is saying when it's there, when you've got it, when the Lord speaks, do it. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't put it off another day and say, well now, I've got a little money laid aside here. So if you come over or, or uh, maybe I'll help you later on. But when you've got it and God's speaking to your heart, do it right now. Because I'll tell you something, if you wait, you won't have it. And if you invest it now while God's speaking, then it's going to multiply. And when the time comes, 
Praise God, you have it. Do you believe that? It works, church. I remember when I got paid one time, I was pastoring a little church and I got my salary, went down to the bank and cashed it. And I went to a revival meeting, walked in, and I hadn't had a chance to go home, buy the groceries, pay the tithes, do all the things that I had to do, take that stuff out. Had the whole check in my pocket. Saw somebody cringe out there. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. God knows right where you are. And I went into that church and this fellow got up there and he took an offering. You know, and I thank God that he wasn't like a lot of preachers that I've saw said, all right, we're going to receive the offering. Do something if you can. God bless you. And they went on. But he took a little time. Let the Holy Ghost work on me. Amen. You know, we say it's not good to take time with money, but same thing with, a, with an altar call. Brother, when it comes time to getting somebody saved, I've got to take a little time. Give them a chance to, to, for the Holy Spirit to work on them and to respond. The convictions upon their heart. That's all right. Somebody says something about money for more than two minutes. Oh, he's just pulling for money. This man, he didn't worry about that. He just began to present the needs and he took some time, allowed the Holy Spirit to work on me. And believe me, he was really working. And I sat there and God began to convict and I felt that pull and that tug. You know how it is when when you're convicted. Man came to me and he says, you know, God's been dealing with me about something. He says, I want to know for sure if it's God. And I said, you know very well it's God or you wouldn't be up here asking me like that. He said, how do you know for sure? I said, how did you know it was God when you got saved? He said, I felt uncomfortable. And I said, you feel uncomfortable right now. He said, yeah, you're right. I said, well, then quit asking if it's God and do what he's telling you. Amen. That's the way I was. I sat there and he began to pull that conviction of that tug. And God began to speak to me. He says, now I want you to take out your wallet and empty it. Put everything you've got in that plate. I started thinking, oh, no, that's not God. I know that's not God. Now, God wouldn't do that. Come on. The Lord uses a little wisdom with the things that He does. And I've got children at home that I have to feed. I have bills to pay. And God, you wouldn't ask me to let them go and tell me to do a foolish thing like that. Sure, it's not you. The Lord spoke back and says, not the devil either. He doesn't want you to give to my work. Do you think the devil would convict you to put your money in God's offering plate? Come on. That don't make sense. And I said, Lord, it must be you then. God said, it is. I said, I can't do that. That's everything I've made this week, and I won't get any more till next week. See, we have such a tendency to rely on the flesh. I might lose 10 pounds if I had to fast this week. That'd be wonderful. Amen. And finally, I got so miserable, I just couldn't stand it. And I took that money, and I pulled it out of my wallet, and I closed my eyes, and I put it in. I said, Lord, some way, somehow, you're going to have to perform a miracle. You know, I had just invested into God's financial system. 
And I'll tell you something, church. And God is speaking to somebody very specifically right now. I feel this. There are times all through this service that I, I feel this. But in these words right now, I can sense the direction of the Holy Spirit. God is directing this to the heart of an individual here right now. That if God cannot trust you with money, little material things that don't amount to anything... How do you ever expect Him to trust you with the full flow of those spiritual blessings that you're asking Him for right now? The principles are the same. It's God's financial system. You invest, He gives back. You, can't, you just can't lose. What do you think God's been blessing you people here so much for? Amen. Little bitty old town up here doesn't even have any industry at all. That I know of anyway. I've been up here several times and I haven't seen much. Yet here's 400 people sitting here, blessed, anointed, giving phenomenal amounts of money that's incredible. People's never heard of it. Investing it in churches all over the country, getting them started, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. How does it happen? Go down and talk to some of the financial managers in the banks and, and in these loan places and they'll tell you you're crazy. That, that will work. But it's working. Because it's God's system. And when you follow in the direction that God has laid out and invest into the system of God, it always pays dividends and blesses you back. And not only that, but you're encouraged spiritually and strengthened and uplifted by the power of Jesus Christ. This is the plan of God. You just can't outgive Him. That's all there is to it. I put that money in there. It's totally unheard of. But I did it. And by the end of that week, God had given me back four times what I had put in an offering plate. Got a whole month's salary in one week by giving one week's salary. Come on. I'll tell you, I was never the same from that point on until the next trial came up. <laughs> Amen. You always feel that way. Oh, bless God, I've learned it. I've got it now. I know it. And then the next time God speaks to you to get down into your checkbook or your pocketbook or you begin to do something, and you start finding the same battles, just like Israel when they went across the wilderness. Didn't have no water. They bellered and cried. Moses touched a rock and God brought water out of that rock. Everything that they wanted. Oh, we believe God brought us here now. We have faith. We trust Him. A few days later, why didn't God bring us, leave us in Egypt? At least we had leeks and garlic over there. Praise the Lord. Now all we're doing is eating manna. And they complained about that. And God sent them something else. They complained about that. God sent them something else. It's just human nature. But I feel God is speaking to the hearts and the lives of people even right now. The whole plan, every principle that's in the Word of God is like that. There are people here right now that when God begins to speak to your heart, maybe you don't understand salvation. Well, join the crowd because I don't either. I don't think any of us do. How God can take a life of a person, transform it, and change it. 
Make him into a brand new person and totally different, thinking different, acting different, everything about it. We don't understand that, but it happens. It's one of God's plans. You just have to trust Him. And when you do, it all comes about. It brings it right into a perfect perspective. And I believe God is going to do a work here tonight. I, I feel this. There's, this. there's going to be some unusual works done. Hallelujah. I want you to pray with me for a moment. Shandala Baborosaya. Handala Moribikiya Satala Bahando. Urimandala Mamaroso. Ele Maramando Ramasayaranda. Marandori Aramasai Aramandai Alamandu Hallelujah Hallelujah Praise God. I wonder while we're praying here tonight, if perchance those of you here tonight to say, Brother Messler, I know that my life is not right with God. And I believe what you're saying. I know that I've seen this principle work. I've seen so many unusual things happen through this church right here. And I, I just, I'm in here. I'm a visitor. Maybe I've never accepted Jesus Christ. Maybe you have and you're a backslider and you're not right with God. But you want to get right with God. And you desire for us to remember you in our prayer. Would you just lift up your hand quickly? Say, pray for me. Come on. Yes, sir. Yes, amen. Are there others? I know that I'm not right with God. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to become born again. Saved by the power of God. I don't understand it. It's something totally out of my comprehension. But I just want to trust God for it tonight and have Him make me over again a brand new person. In the name of Jesus, would you slip up your hand quickly? Come on, raise it up. Shandala mamoroso Shandala I feel the Spirit of God here and God's moving upon hearts and lives. Glory to God. I want to sing that chorus, that old song, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound has saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I am found. I was blind, but now I see. And as we sing it, wherever you are right now, if you're in this place and you lifted up your hand, you said, Brother Messer, I need to be saved. I need to be born again by the power of God. I need Jesus to come into my heart and my life. I want you, if you have lifted your hand when we asked for this, there were those who did, you just slip out of your seat and come down to this altar right now. And if you didn't do that and you know you should have, you come on. And if there's somebody near you that's not right with Jesus... You just speak to them and say, come on, I'll go with you and bring them down. 
God's going to move here and God's going to minister here tonight. But I don't like to move in anything without giving people a chance to get saved. Come to Jesus. Sing it with me right now. And if God's speaking to you, come on. Just slip out of your seat and come on down here, wherever you are. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. found was blind but now I see when we've been there ten thousand years her eyes shine dying as Than when we first begun. Oh, yes, Lord, praise God, praise God, praise God. Shanda Rebe, Maranda, La Maranda. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. I feel something here. I believe God is moving and He's speaking to hearts, even right now. How many believe God with all your heart? And you want to trust in God more than anything else. Let me see your hands. I believe God wants us to do that. He's speaking to hearts right now by the power of His Holy Ghost in many, many ways. I feel there was two fellows that lifted their hands. And I, I really feel what God was dealing with you about was a lack of... Of total investment of yourself into the kingdom of God. And you want to trust Him. I'll tell you what I'm going to do right at this particular moment. I, I feel the Spirit of the Lord. And I, I have here, I had a battle tonight. How many have ever had those? <laughs> 